0: The
2: volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. I bet on FanDuel as often and as comfortably as I possibly can. It is America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. There are fast payouts in as quick as two hours. So many bet types. Same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures, and so much more. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know I sent you.
1: This is Boxing with Chris Manning. Oh, somebody punch him in the face.
2: Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this.
1: Hosted
3: by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing.
2: When you have talent, you are given another chance.
3: Here's Chris Mannix.
2: All right, welcome back. Another episode of Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. We have an excellent show for you today. We are in Las Vegas, the site of Devin Haney, his lightweight title defense against Jojo Diaz. i got a couple of guests Joining me in person. First up, Sergio Mora, the former junior middleweight champion, DAZN boxing analyst. We run through all the news of the last week from Teofimo Lopez's stunning loss to George Cambosis, to what that means for Cambosis, A big fight between Haney and Diaz this weekend. A big fight between Gervonta Davis and Isak Cruz on Sunday as well. All that more with Sergio Mora. A little bit later on, the George Cambosis World Tour comes through this podcast. Cambosis sits, sits down with me and talks about his win, what's coming next, what his week has been like, everything you want to know from George Cambosis. As always, best way to support this podcast, get over to Apple Podcasts, post a comment, leave a rating. It's simple, it's easy, it's free. It's the best way to make sure that we keep doing this podcast week after week. That's it. All right, on to the show. All right. Are you good? Oh yeah. Okay, put your phone down. Your all phone right, phone. we're not doing the phone thing. Okay, could you put? Could you just put your phone down? No, 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 no! Not with the Invisalign. Not with the Invisalign. And oh, now. A napkin. And That's now. Disgusting. All right, Sergio Morris here is here in the background. Todd Grisham as well uh, in the room. Sergio is going to post his uh, Invisalign removal on social media. Would you focus, please? I oh, need yeah. you to focus. I'm ready to go. You're not ready to go. Multitasker, that's what I am. You're not multitasking. Let's
4: do it. Okay. What's your name? Sergio Mora. <laughs> All right.
2: Nailed it. Uh, we are here in Las Vegas, the site of Devin Haney's WBC lightweight title defense against Jojo Diaz. We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about Javante Davis taking on Isaac Cruz. That happens on Sunday, the rare Sunday afternoon uh, or evening, I should say, boxing show. But Sergio, first, I want to look back. At this past weekend, uh, maybe the upset of the year, depending on what you like, you know, Gabe Rosado's winner of Bektomir Melikuziev was right up there. But George Cambosis going into Madison Square Garden and beating Teofimo Lopez by decision. That was that was huge, man. Like give me your kind of now that we're a few days away from that uh, that fight. Give me your takeaways from it.
4: Cambosis Jr. Uh, comes from Spartan lineage, right, and uh, he's very proud of that. He came came out with the the Spartan trunks and everything, and he came, he saw, he conquered in the backyard of the undisputed champion of the world. Now, undisputed. Let's not get into the politics of it. He took all the belts. He took all the belts in the fighter's hometown, home state. It was incredible because he said he was—he said exactly what he was gonna do—and he had to face adversity to do it. I mean, we know what Teofimo is. He's a beast. He's a beast, and he came out like a beast. So for him to be prepared for those early rounds, that that early onslaught, feel the power, get dropped—I think it was the tenth round, right before the championship rounds—and react like a champion in a fight that you're winning. Normally, you know, you coast at that times. Nah, not not George Cambosis. It was a hell of a fight. And if it's not, if it's not fight of the year, I, I don't know what else will because this is for all the belts and it, it just made sense for, for everything. You could check every box. You Incredible know, back, fight.
2: Back in February of 2020, Tyson Fury, before he fought Deontay Wilder the second time, told us exactly how he was gonna fight him. He said, I'm gonna take the fight to Deontay Wilder. I'm gonna bully him and I'm gonna knock him out. Nobody believed him then, and that's exactly what he did in that fight in February of 2020. I I bring that up because in the days before Cambosis fought Teofimo Lopez, what did he do? He told us over and over again exactly what he was going to do. When I suggested to him that maybe boxing a little and getting out of his first few rounds was the way to go, kind of scoffed. He's like, no, I'm going to take the fight to him. I'm going to knock him down in that first round. That's exactly what he did. Like, very rarely, Sergio, do we see a guy able to back up his words in the way that Cambosis did.
4: The last time I remember is Sandor Martin, the guy that upset Mikey Garcia, and he was equally as confident, equally as, you know, he walked into the room with swag, and and he knows that he's unbeaten and untested, and everyone's laughing at him or scoffing at him. Like you said, this was a Sandor... Martin type performance but on the undisputed level on the big stage. You think it's a bigger upset? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> by far. By far, definitely. Because Mikey Garcia had inactivity. I mean, both of them had inactivity, but uh I just think this this was different. It was on a different level. You're in the Mecca of boxing. You're 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 in New York City. I mean, everything was there for the perfect Experience for Teofimo Lopez to continue everything that he did. It was a takeover, but the takeover got taken over, and that's the first thing I said once they announced the winner. Because what George Cambosa's did was incredible. It, it was something where it's going to be remembered, whether he holds on to these belts for long or not. What he did that night and where he did it is going to be remembered because that's that's all the stars aligning and it's perfect. All right, so magic. Before,
2: before it, we move on from this, where did Teofimo Lopez go wrong and? Does he need to make a substantial change to anything as he heads up to 140 pounds?
4: No. And uh, I. I just think he started off way too aggressively, fought emotionally. And and anytime you have a fighter on the championship level fighting with emotion, he's already taken two steps back because you're fighting an unknown, unheralded up-and-comer who wants everything you worked hard for and you're willing to give it away in the first minute of the, of the fight, giving him exactly what he's expecting. No, you don't do that. So that's amateurish. And I hate to call you know, Teofimo Lopez amateurish, but he came out, like, like he wanted to take, like he bet on himself to get a first round knockout, and he wanted to complete it. And any time you go looking for the knockout, bad things happen. Ask any fighter that. You don't fight emotional. You fight with a game plan all the way to the end. You see him hurt, then you go for it. But it was, it was just not smart. Well, you say you see him hurt, and then you go for it.
2: George Gambosas was hurt in that tenth round. He was down with just under two minutes to go in that round, and that was the opportunity for Teofimo Lopez. But in my eyes. He just kept loading up on shots. I didn't get that. Like, why not go and swarm him and try to make the referee come in and stop the fight? I thought that was a a catastrophic mistake from Lopez. Because he was just sitting there looking for that Richard Comey-type knockout, and that never came. And that gave George enough time to recover and finish the round strong.
4: I don't blame uh, Teofimo not going for the knockout because he respected Cambosa's power, and Cambosa's had the perfect answer to his aggression, which was an overhand right, and then once he saw that coming, it was a, a right hook to the body and a straight right hand to the body just to set up that overhand right again. Teofimo didn't fight like he normally does, which is real fluid. His punch- his combinations and his punches that he selects, it, it it's really pretty to see, and he does it with power. He didn't do all that. He didn't even jab. He didn't even jab George Cambosis. It was just it was it was pride, incarnate. Is that the word? Not specific. Don't be laughing at me. It was pride, and not a fight. It was just basically, you saw a man that was fueled by his emotion, ego, and pride, and it, 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 that's not a world champion. That's not a world champion. That's not a, a, a boxer that that's on his level.
2: How much blame do you put on Teofimo Senior because his advice between rounds was bad? Beginning in the first round, after Teofimo gets knocked down, Senior says, what are you doing? Get him out of here. Like, clearly Cambosis came to fight. Clearly he's a little bit better than what they thought he was going to be. I didn't like the advice coming from the corner throughout the course of the fight. Like, what do you do there?
4: It was pride, and You see where the sun gets it from. It's just basic... Uh Embarrassment mixed with pride, mixed with ego. Yeah, but that's not what you want from your
2: corner. Like, your corner has and that's to be level-headed and, and it's got to be giving you savvy and advice. And that's the reason
4: I think Cena uh, should be demoted. That's the word I used uh, before I'm going to stick with it. I don't disagree. I don't think he should be fired because you can't fire family, but he should be...
2: Um, well, sure you can. Fi- family gets no, fired all the time.
4: Well, he gets fired all the time, but not when, not, not when you have that kind of connection with with uh with his father i mean anytime teofimo he posted something about him and his dad and a picture you know uh, something about family loyalty something you know nothing about Magnus. Oh, but well, yeah. in boxing it's it's a blood sport but whenever you have something that connected it's just too close to home i like how
2: i'm the one that is disloyal but you just suggested demoting his father demoting
4: like, doesn't mean fired okay but that's still a kick in the demoting means Cajones. you're still working but you're not at the top spot anymore correct
2: i don't think teofimo senior would accept that at all. Like, he seems like someone that has consolidated power within there. One of the biggest problems I thought going into this fight was that Teofimo Sr. was effectively doing it on his own. Like, where was Joey Gamash, who was a strategist going to the Lomachenko fight? He was gone. Where were the folks from perfecting athletes who had gotten Teofimo to that 135 pound limit in the safest and healthiest possible way? I don't think he came in as prepared as he could have been. You know, he comes in, he comes in with the same preparation and the same team as he did for the Lomachenko fight, I think he wins. He might win by knockout.
4: That's arrogance, and uh, he wanted. He said something about money and fi- financials and how expensive uh, this strength and conditioning was. But you know something that, about this, and like I you- do. I, I w- and I was about to bring okay, it up so, Mannix. Manix. Yeah. Don't interrupt me. Yeah, my bad. I spent ten thousand a month when I fought uh, Vernon Forrest the first time, and for the Shane Mosley fight, a month, a month. That's a lot of money, but they handle your strength training. They handle your meals. They handle your your cardio. They handle everything. Everything's like a computer. Now, I didn't use this company he used, but I used someone that, that did a great job. And um, I was in the best shape of my life, and both those times I fought at 154. As an amateur, I didn't even fight at 154, and I felt strong because they make you lose the weight the right way. You actually, instead of cutting down your meals, you're eating more. It's, it's weird. Devin Haney told us this in the fighter meetings. You're eating more, getting stronger, and losing weight. There's a science to it. That's why there's smarter people than me that know how to do that. Um, he did it the old school way, Teofimo did it, And a lot of fighters do it the old school way. That's all they know. But if you want to be at your optimum best, that's a pretty good word. At it's your peak. The wrong one. Optimum. At your peak, oh, you yes. actually need to find a scientist in order to bring into the sweet science. It's the perfect way to go. I
2: don't disagree. I think going it on your own is not the way to do it. You need to invest in yourself, invest in your body, and it'll pay off uh, down the line. So Teofimo, he's going up to 140 at some point soon. George Cambosa, we'll get back to in a minute, but we are here for Haney against Diaz, another huge fight in the lightweight division. Uh, Jojo Diaz is an underdog. How live an underdog is he in this fight?
4: Very live very life i've known jojo diaz since he was eight years old in south almani and uh i see his one of his coaches in his corner ben lira's i've known ben lira since i started boxing i made my bones in south almani gym so did jojo diaz as an eight-year-old i know what this kid turned champion turned man has gone through now Devin haney is being groomed for greatness this is a star that's that that they're setting him up for the floyd may with the junior level And then the the same steps as Sugar Ray Leonard, they're being they're grooming him for that type of greatness. And he has the potential to be all that. And he has more than a big team. He has he has an entourage, but they're all validated. What a
2: good entourage. Ben
4: Ben Davidson is part of the entourage now. It, it, It just really impresses me what a senior being a good father, being a great father. Pull, letting his son go with the best, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, Floyd Mayweather Sr., going to up north with Virgil Hunter, I believe, and now going with Ben Davidson. That's how a father needs to treat their son. You don't try to vicariously live through your son and taking all the, the limelight. You let someone else take, take that role, and you're in the back like you're supposed to be because you're, you're, you're just there to support and let your let your son become the star, and enjoy your son become a star. You
2: know what I thought was interesting? Couple things. One is in the fighter meeting, and we don't want to reveal too much, about what was happening in the fighter meeting. You can watch the show on Saturday uh, for that. But in the fighter meeting, compare the two, re- the relationship between Teafimo Senior and Teafimo Lopez Jr. and Bill Haney and Devin. Like in the fighter meeting with Teafimo, the two Teafimos they were kind of talking over each other a lot. There was a lot of kind of, you know, just confusion a little bit. Every time that Devin Haney opened his mouth, whether it was Bill Haney talking or somebody else, it got quiet. I remember, and I forget who it was that was speaking at the time, but when he... Mickey Bay. Mickey Bay. When he started speaking and Devin started speaking, Bill said, "Hold on, hold on, let Devin speak, let Devin speak. Bill Haney gets it. Like, Bill Haney understands what it takes to be a father and a trainer. To your point... Like he brings in all different voices. He has given Ben Davison a lead role in this team. He is chief strategist basically for this team. He's the one devising the game plan. Great decision for too, Devin. Hayes, it's a great decision. Ben Davidson is a brilliant boxing mind. All the people he's brought in have added something to this team, and they have made Devin a, a better fighter. Sometimes it's hard to do. It's hard to. It's hard for fathers who are trainers to give up control. Like we've seen that with other fighters before. With a. Uh, you know, to a lesser degree, Kenny Porter with Sean Porter, with Teofimo Sr. and Teofimo Jr. Like, Bill Haney is kind of the, the the shining example of what a father trainer should be.
4: The beacon of boxing. There you go. Good word? Yeah. That's what Bill Haney is because he stays out the way. But he still has the pride and the confidence to speak up when someone needs to, you know, do more listening. He's still, he still yells at me. He's still the arbiter. Is yells, that the word?
2: Yells at me a lot. That's
4: it's. Consistent. He's still the liaison. Is that the word? No. What's not? You know what I'm trying to say. I do. He's not really. He's there. He's Often there not. without being there, and that's yes. what you want your father to be, because he lets his his son shine, and he brings on he brings in the exact same team that you need. You need that type of uh, the team. Mickey Bay is a great addition. Uh, ben Davidson. Uh, it can't get better than that. Mm-hmm. And you still have your father, your support, your bloodline in your corner, knowing that he's there. So it's just a perfect team. And that's the reason this, this, this young man, this champion is being groomed for greatness.
2: Okay. All that being said, like you said, Jojo Diaz, the live underdog in this fight, he Ooh, looked really yeah. good at 135 pounds in his win over Javier Fortuna. He's coming in with confidence. I believe, is he the first Southpaw that Devin Haney has fought? No, 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 no.
4: I think he might be. Um, uh, I think Gamboa. Gamboa was fighting from the southpaw stance.
2: Right, some of the notes I read that, at least before, is like early, early fights. Either way, like he is going to present a very difficult challenge because one thing we know about JoJo Diaz is that he is going to be there all night long. He's going to be in the face of Devin Haney, trying to make it a rough, physical fight. And I know that JoJo doesn't have that one punch power, but he does have a level of physicality. That other Haney opponents have not had up until this point. He's going to be trying to dig to that body. He's going to be hunting him around the ring. He's going to commit to this fight in great shape. What, like, how do you handle a fighter like JoJo Diaz if you're Devin Haney?
4: You know, I, I wouldn't describe JoJo Diaz as physical. I think he's 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 a well-educated inside fighter that pressures intelligently. He's he's really. I mean, he wouldn't have made the Olympics if he was he was just a pressure fighter. If he was just a a fighter that comes in trying to dig the body and and be on the inside. No, JoJo is more than that. Jojo is a former US Olympian. I mean, he's fought against the best and he has a better resume than Devin Haney. So I'll give him that. He has a better resume Devin than doesn't Haney. doesn't think so. He doesn't think so, but you know, I'm here to, you know, kind of disagree with him because Lenares is the only legitimate name on his resume and Jojo, he's had, you know, they weren't great champions, but he's had form, he, former champions on his resume. Renee Alvarado, Andrew Cancio, uh, you know, so the list is there. And if you really look at break down the numbers of his last eight opponents, they're solid names. So he's already made his bones fighting these guys. You look at the names that Devin Haney has fought. He's been impressive, but impressive against whom? You know, so the resumes on Jojo's part. The hunger, I think, is on Jojo's part because anytime you get two fighters, one that's unblemished and infallible and perfect, never lost, and he got got one that's already gone through the mills. He, I mean, so much personal things gone in his life, um, from from becoming a father to, to, to fights canceled, canceled, and managerial issues and promotional issues, and it's just so many things have gone wrong with him that he's already came out to, on the other side. Anytime you have a fighter not swallowed by darkness, man, they're dangerous, and that's Jojo.
2: You know, Diaz's team has made the comparison to Diaz being like Cambosis and Haney being like Teofimo Lopez, where Diaz is the more experienced fighter. He comes into the ring. Now, I don't know if I necessarily, like Cambosis had years on Teofimo, but Teofimo went toe-to-toe with Vasily Lomachenko. He knocked out Richard Comey. He had that kind of experience. Do you think experience matters in a fight
4: like this? experience always matters and just to touch on what i just said it wasn't promotional issues because he's been with golden boy since day one managerial issues yes. managerial issues and and just you know politics but um yeah of course experience matters uh experience matters and you know jojo's what in his late 20s that's when you start realizing you know the the, Which is the, prime all, years, like physically prime years. They are definitely prime years. You're 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 nowadays, you're in your prime into your early 30s, 32, 33, maybe even 34 if you take care of your body. But so much shit has gone down in Jojo Diaz's life, from his personal issues to you know his his well public issues with with courts and you know, whatever. I don't want to continue doing that, but he's already past that. So in his personal life, in his professional life, this is a man, this is a young man that's already been through all that. Now it's all about hunger. Now it's all about achieving what he already, you know, let go of in the past. Becoming a champion again and, you know, being a father for his son. And, man, all this is inspiring for a fighter. That We do it for ourselves in the beginning when we're selfish and we do it for our family when we're at JoJo's stage. It's going to be a special fight because of that. All right, Everything, so
2: how, how does he win? How does he win? Because he, in my opinion, he's he's got, just got to get to the inside. He needs to get past the didn't. jab. Seven inch reach advantage for Haney.
4: Seven inches in in reach and in height and in speed and in power. I wouldn't go as far as say that there's a power advantage, but um, you got to get past that jab. And I don't I don't expect Jojo to have any success in the early rounds, as aggressive or as uh, intelligent as he is. As as much as he uses a southpaw stance and and breaks distance and he's really smart with his front foot, knowing how to sneak it in. All that's going to come into play into the mid rounds and later rounds. Early rounds gonna be Haney, man. It's hard to get past that strong jab. He's a, a, a high fight IQ, um, and he has something to prove as well. He has something to prove as well. So I ju- I just think the fight's gonna get started in the fourth round, and if JoJo can get in the inside by the fourth round, we're gonna have a fight. We're gonna have a hell of a fight. I agree. All the way the I the don't end.
2: think. Look, JoJo doesn't have that one punch power. Lenaris does, but if Haney gets sloppy, JoJo can catch him with something.
4: But uh haney got he already learned his lesson he got rocked by lenares that's what i'm saying because he was they they call it lazy in the fighter meetings it wasn't lazy it was um content what's the other word for being satisfied for what you're doing starts with a c but anyway he was happy with what he was doing and he was uh uh he was complacent complacent. Complacent. thank thank you todd grisham Grisham, who is not the writer by the way correct he was complacent he wasn't lazy and you know what i mean it's rooted from laziness but it's I got this. I'm going to put it on cruise control. And then, boom, a Mm -hmm. car comes from the left. That's what happened.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be a great fight no matter what. Uh, All right. On Sunday, Gervonta Davis is back in the ring against Isak Cruz. This is a fill-in opponent after Raleigh Romero backed out after being accused of sexual assault. Um, Look, Davis is an incredibly – he's a very big puncher. In 135 pounds, he's shown that power carries – at that weight class. But I guess the question is more like, do you look at Gervonta Davis in the same way you look at Devin Haney or Jojo Diaz or Teofimo Lopez or now George Cambosis? Like, I get tweets all the time, Sergio. Every time I do a pound-for-pound list, of like, where's Javante Davis? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ooh, why would I put, wait a minute. Like, why, wait a whoa. Honestly, Chris Mannix cussed. Why would I put Javante Davis in a pound-for-pound pound list? You talk about resumes. The guy's 27 years old. His best win came against Jose Pedraza. He's a three-division title holder. Two of those titles are bullshit. Like, I'm not trying to hate on the guy. I want to see him in with top-level guys. But, you know, while Esau Cruz is dangerous... A win over Esau Cruz, to me, is not going to tell me anything about Javante Davis.
4: Esau Cruz is one of these fighters that, that is really good, really strong, and you overlook and that's where I think Tank Davis, if he's going to want to do what Teofimo did and, and get a quick knockout or maybe get complacent or content or, or go for chasing for something that he's not, then he's going to look bad. I mean, it's a change of opponent. That's always dangerous. It's always dangerous when you're preparing for somebody and then they throw a, a curveball as tough as I, I call him Isaac, Isaac Cruz. Tough Mexican that wants this opportunity to shine. He'll never. Cruz will never be in this position again, this spotlight. He's going to take it for what it's worth. I mean, this is what they grow up in, in Mexico. I think he's from Guadalajara. This is what they grow up for, for that phone call. This is what they live for, and he's doing it with shining colors against Tank Davis, undefeated beast at the Staples Center in L.A. He's got the pop everything, to hurt him. Everything is there for Cruz. Everything he ever dreamed of came with that phone call. These are dangerous Mexicans. That you, These are bad hombres.
2: Let me ask you this, though, Sergio. Like, with Gervonta like I get called a Gervonta hater all the time I don't care like Ock and Barack call me a Gervonta hater even though they they freaking love the guy Um, but like are you not are you do you think he should face top better opponents I mean the guy can lure top level fighters to his side of the street I mean he is a money maker he sells out arenas he does big numbers like he's the pay-per-view star like what am I missing here why is Gervonta Davis at 27 years old not fighting these top guys
4: they're taking the Floyd Mayweather... It's uh, not, route. though.
2: That's a lie. That's bullshit. He's not taking the Floyd Mayweather approach because Floyd Mayweather, before he was Money Mayweather, had Gennaro Hernandez on his resume. He had Diego Corrales on his resume. He had two fights with Jose Luis Castillo. Like, Floyd, say what you want about him, and he deserved a lot of criticism at times for not fighting Manny Pacquiao at the back end of his career, but early on, at 20, 21 years old, he fought tough friggin' fights. That guy went... Balls to the wall against some really tough fighters. That's not happening with Javante Davis. He's 27 with really one quality win on his resume.
4: Chris Mannix, you snowflake. You just said fucking shit on the same podcast. I'm telling your mommy. That's a weird thing to say. Look. The, a page from Floyd Mayweather, the second chapter of his career. Maybe not the first, not the lightweight, not that beast. Because you, you, you can't
2: be the second until you get the first. Why
4: not? They already they took a page out of the experience resume. The money Mayweather, not the pretty boy. It's cause not that
2: much money. Floyd was making. Floyd was doing a million plus pay per view buys
4: after De La Hoya. Uh, Floyd became a different fighter. He wasn't going for the knockouts. But like you he needed that He was f- content fighting behind a jab, check hooking. He
2: stopped Ricky Hatton. You know, I mean, yeah,
4: and that it was the next fight was, out later, out of later in the fight, and Ricky Hatton knocked himself out by that was being a great, too aggressive. That was a great knockout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ricky I was there. Went, went straight to the ring corner. corner. <laughs> um, I think Tank Davis is taking a page from the money Mayweather book and I think that's great that's smart you think that's it, great that's, you're out of your mind it's not great for boxing but then it's great what are for, we doing it's here? great for Mayweather promotions it's great for Tank Davis and it's great for the city city of Baltimore and every everything else is Tank because this man is bringing big fights and he's selling by the way Baltimore to Baltimore to Maryland everywhere he goes he's selling out so he's putting asses in seats people want to watch him fight he has one of the highest knockout ratios I'm with you look all the above I'm not even a tank fan I'm just telling you I respect him for what he's doing I respect for what Mayweather Promotions is doing you have to respect that because the boxers we get into this business make a lot of money and knock mofos out and he's doing it okay don't you get in this business for another reason like
2: respect legacy things like that you beat Vernon Forrest like I don't know. How, I have no idea how much money you made for that fight, but that was your legacy-defining fight, and the contender.
4: Well, I'll tell you right now, Tank Davis is making more money fighting Isaac Cruz than I did for Vernon Forrest <laughs> so it was a bad example there. But we're living in different times. We're living in different times where these fighters are getting a lot of money, and they I'm don't need see, a, And said, they don't and they don't need to fight the hardest. First of all, pay per view
2: buys. Like, if let me just put this out there for listeners that are reading tweets or stories about what pay per view buys are, anytime. It is a one-sourced report on pay-per-view buys. It's bullshit. There is no incentive for a promoter to tell the truth when they call a reporter and say, this fighter did X pay-per-view buys. There is no downside to just making shit up. No downside whatsoever. So I, I understand Tank Davis sells tickets. Good for him. He is a bona fide star. He is, him and Ryan Garcia, the biggest stars in the lightweight division. But... Don't tell me he's like all these people are watching. Like, don't I? I don't. I, I don't believe it.
4: What's hearsay? It's it's an it, exaggeration. It's, or is it libel? It's not libel. It's not any of them.
2: See, I don't want to get this. I don't want to get this confused, Sergio. I don't want to get this confused because I think Tank Davis is a lot of fun. I want to see him in fights. I want to see his next fight. I just don't care about Isak
4: Cruz. I didn't care. I don't care about him But it wasn't supposed to be Cruz. It was an. Interesting I didn't care fight. about Raleigh Romero. I cared about it. Why? Not because of the fight or what Romero brought to it, but the buildup. The buildup. It was near some my hometown. Of the worst trash talk I've ever heard in my life. That was some goofy trash talk. I, I don't care. I was looking forward to it, and he could punch. It would have been a fun action punch. fight. It would have been a fun but action But If you're 27, but don't if, you want
2: to have a fight that matters? Like, if he was. If he wins this fight, do you think there's any chance he fights a Devin Haney or a Ryan Garcia or even a George Cambosis? Do you really believe that?
4: No, they're keeping it in- in-house. And, what uh, the—I'm going to keep swearing in this podcast. I know, that's
2: three. What again—why? Get- what the bleep? Why- keeping it in-house is the dumbest thing in the world. I got a tweet from somebody the other day. Who is like, why don't you talk more about Andrade against Golovkin or Munguia? Because they're on the same platform. There are no fucking leagues in boxing. There are no leagues in boxing. So the wow. second we in the media start accepting that as fact, like you can't have Gervonta versus Devin because they're on different platforms and promoted by different people. If we accept that as fact, we're we're screwing the whole thing up. We're we're a bad for the business. We should be pushing for these fights that seem impossible to happen and put pressure on these guys. So try to Andrew.
4: Why can't we all get along? Why can't we all get along, Mannix? Look, right now, this is politics. This is politics, baby. You're right wing, I'm left wing. This is the way it is. We can't meet in the middle. We can't meet in the, mid, in the middle for anything. Yeah, but and any. any no, but see, look, and, and, and it sucks, It's not, not a bad and example. It really does.
2: It's not a bad example. And you talked about
4: networks, Fox News, CNN. It's the same
2: not, old thing. It's not a terrible this example. But you know what fans don't care about? They don't care about the politics of boxing. If You know, Fury against Wilder, you think they gave a damn? It was a co-promotion, and it was promoted by Great two example. different networks? Great like, example. they don't care. Great. Great they example. want these big fights to happen. And I think it's ultimately on the fighters. Like, Tank Davis, I know he's making a lot of money, but he's got to go to Floyd Mayweather. He's got to go to Al Heyman. He's got to go to Leonard Ellaby and say, look, I want a big fight. Don't talk to me in 2022 unless it's against George Kambosos, Devin Haney, or Ryan Garcia. Because you know, Sergio, if Raleigh Romero comes out of this situation he's got relatively unscathed, he's going to fight him in the first half of 2022. You know That'll be and disappointing. I
4: know. That'll be disappointing. You think? If his next fight is a Romero-type opponent. Even though I was excited for this fight because all the other lightweights were taken, if he comes back and fights that type of opponent, then I'm with you. But I'm, I'm fine with an Eastside Cruz and he could take care of business, knock, knock him out, continue the knockout as a replacement
2: streak. well as a, I would say
4: continue the knockout streak and then face one of these lightweights or 140. I don't know what weight division he is is he 135 140? he he's, he's, he's
2: got to be 135 he's by the way Regis, Regis Broga had his hand up you know as soon he, as that the Romero stuff went down
4: I'm always going to be team uh, Rougarou. I yes. think he's a beast and he only has one loss against the undisputed champion Sp- at 140. Close decision too, yeah. And Josh it was a Taylor. close fight, a hell of yeah. a fight. I want to see I want to see Rougarou back. Pro Grace is no joke and he needs the big fights, but, he uh, but he's not getting server. the he's not getting the big fights. So right now we're talking about Tank and Isak Cruz. Cruz is going to put up a good fight, but it's not who we should be seeing tank against. All
2: right, let's finish with George Cambosis, who is in Las Vegas this week. He will be in Los Angeles on Sunday for the Davis uh, versus Cruz fight. Uh, George is now in a powerful position. He has three and a half of the major titles if you count the franchise championship as as a half a belt. Um, what's the, Put yourself in George Cambosis position. What would you do?
4: You're such a company man. What? Three and a half belts. No, he has all the belts. Okay. He has all the belts, and I'll say it. Okay. But I'll, I'm also going to say he's not undisputed. You, okay. Because of the politics, because of exactly what we're talking about. Talk, because, Todd Grisham look, is sitting here. Because Todd Grisham, Devin, Todd Grisham Devin Haney sitting here. is well, a hold world on, Hold
2: on. Hold on. Did he not, Todd Grisham, say during, uh, right before we went on the air last weekend, I'm calling him undisputed. I'm calling him undisputed. Did he not say that? He did. Thank you, Todd Grisham. So, so you you already called him undisputed.
4: I'm a company man, too. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Whenever you have all the belts, you're not saying undisputed.
2: All right, you're confusing me here. Put yourself in George Cambosa's position. Say you just won... Say All you actually fought Jermaine Taylor and beat and won the Undisputed Championship, which you didn't over 100 grand, which is the most lunatic decision I've ever heard. Uh, to, you said it was 100 last time. No, it was 150. 150. Okay, fine. Uh, say you won, you're the Undisputed Champion at Lightweight. You're George Cambosis. What do you do
4: next? I do exactly what he's doing. He's going on the world tour, being a promoter, and doing. he's soaking it in. Everywhere he needs to be, from the Knicks game to this fight, to every invitation they're they're, they're reaching out to him to do, that's exactly what he does. Now, I hope he doesn't get uh, soft. I hope he continues uh, doing everything he did in the gym. But I love the world tour. I love the promotion. That's what fighters need to do more of. He's not getting paid for a lot of these things. He's doing paid for none of them. He's doing this because he knows how big of a—the of world stopped for him. He knows how big this moment is. And you know what? Lou Bella, who gets paid to promote, he's elated. He's like, this is what more, more fighters should do, and, 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 and it's true. So Cambosis needs to go on that world tour, keep shaking the hands and kissing the babies, but get back to work and get hungry again.
2: You know what I love the idea of? I love the idea of if Devin Haney wins— George Kambosos, Devin Haney In Australia oof, oof. Like let's go 80,000 yes. fans yes. In a stadium In yes. Australia That would be great And
4: I spent uh, Two months In Sydney Australia With Shane Mosley. I can tell you It's a great city Passionate fans And they're rabid But they don't have enough uh, uh, Great fighters Coming out of there I mean that's why They still pay for Anthony Mundine you know, so they were excited about Shane Mosley fighting him out there, but they were more excited about uh, Mosley than Dean. So, yes, this man just stopped the world in its tracks. He's 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 everything great that Australia needs. Take it down under.
2: And I think it makes some financial sense too because Devin Haney's not a big star here in the US. Like he's got a name and this fight's in Las Vegas, but it's not like like Pacquiao going to Australia was a little right. bit weird cuz Pacquiao does big site fees here in the US. Haney going to Australia, he probably makes the most money does it in front of a huge crowd, hostile atmosphere. He'd learn something from that. It'd be a great event.
4: It'd be an unbelievable event. I'm in, man. I'm in. Go go, go to Australia. Go to Sydney, especially. Put 80,000 people in seats. And if you can go all the way down there in a hostile environment where the judge is going to be a bit against you and still come back with those belts, yep. man, you're a star in your own hometown. And that's something that Devin Hayne, even though he's being groomed for something special and great and a page off of Floyd Mayweather and, and Sugar Ray Leonard— you still haven't done that 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 it thing yet. Hey, Devin but, Haney hasn't had that it moment yet. You're right, but what was
2: Floyd's before Oscar? What was Floyd's star Chicanito, making turn?
4: Chicanito, Chicanito Hernandez. No,
2: his star. Oh, I'm making sorry, turn. Arturo Gatti. Yes, and what did he do? He went to Jersey for that. Yeah. He went to Arturo Gatti's backyard and battered him. In New Jersey, and like and, that was the last and, time I think and that he in fought
4: brutal, fantastic fashion against a guy that's normally blood and guts warrior all the yeah. way to the end. So I showed you a mean side to Floyd Mayweather. He showed you that he could sell pay per views, and that's where he all that's where he showed that he can he can be a pay per view star, and then he. I, he, he legitimized it with Oscar De So it's
2: not the same thing as going to Australia, but you go in somebody's backyard, there's something you gain from that. Like you gain some respect out of doing it. And then you become more of a, I hate using this phrase all the time, a shot caller in that sense. Like you go to Australia, win all the belts, all of a sudden you're the undisputed champion at 135. You can do some things.
4: Don't you ever say shot caller to me again.
2: All right, give the microphone to Todd Grisham here because Todd, I do occasionally get tweets about oh your God. other job. What's ESBC that? the game. People oh, do geez. ask me sometimes. They've actually asked me, "Can you get Grisham on for an update on the state of the game?" You are vice president of whatever.
3: First of all, don't no no don't bring me on here at the like the tail end when everybody's already tuned out. I'm, I'm like a, me, I'm a main eventer. Kambosis, I should be on at the top of this show. George, beginning Cam, of the podcast.
2: George Cambosis is coming up next, so you, they're not tuned out yet. So okay, he is coming George
3: Kambos. All right, I'll do that. I'm before Kambos. You were pre Kambos. Give, give me the state of the game, there, Todd. State of the game is is excellent. Basically. A lot of people are upset about, like, when is it going to be released? What's the release date? You said that uh, basically when I came on board, this was going to be like a local play at the uh, Pitch and Putt Theater in downtown main event, main Town, USA, whatever. It's gotten bigger and bigger and better. So now all of a sudden we're releasing – it's going to be a massive, huge movie released worldwide starring The Rock and Leonardo DiCaprio, and you know, because we've got every big-name fighter. So when you've turned it into something that massive and has that much expectations – it's going to take longer to put it together. You don't sign Deontay Wilder on a Monday and his character's ready to go on Wednesday. You've got to get him in. You've got to get him scanned. You've got to get his body. You've got to do this. You've got to... The, even just the hair on his head when he gets hit has to be individually done by these these renderers and these artists It's insane what they do. But it's just basically the delay is because the game has become bigger than any of us could possibly imagine.
2: Can you pinpoint a release
3: time frame? I'll let you know soon.
2: Okay. Well, stick around for that. Well, it's, it's, it.
3: see, it's it's not my call. I'm not. The, I'm not. You know, if you said, "Hey, or, when are you going to get this guy signed?" to be like, "Well, yeah. oh, that that's my job." There's a there's an interest in the boxing game. Oh, yeah. High level it's interest. Gonna be big. In I'll be I'll game. be so big soon because I'm the voice of the game. Uh, I'll be so big so soon. I won't be coming on for one minute on your podcast. That's fine. Right? We'll, we'll bring Corey Erdman back on, and he'll um, <laughs> he'll, he'll you crush you. You love Corey Erdman, man. I do love Corey. Why, Erdman. I, why do you love Corey so much? Let's I talk like I like Corey. He's a he's a boxing nerd. Yes, he is a boxing nerd. I'm a boxing nerd. Sergio, tell him what else Corey Erdman loves.
4: Well, I'll tell you one thing. Corey Erdman wrote a hell of an article, and he's a lot better writer than you. Thank you.
2: All right. Watch uh, us on Saturday. Jojo Diaz, Devin Haney, lightweight title fight. Uh, Yeah, I got nothing else to say to you. I'm I'm good. Viva Canada, Corey Erdman. When we come back, my conversation with George Cambosis. With big fights every week, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot and join the action on FanDuel Fight Nights because right now, you can place your first bet risk-free. That's right, you get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from. There are parlays, round props, method of victory bets, and so much more. The bet I like this weekend, Gervonta Davis to get stopped by Isak Cruz. That's right, Isak Cruz by knockout. Over gervonta Davis. The odds are a little bit too high in favor of Davis in this one. I like Cruz to come up with a big stoppage. Offers like this are just one of the many reasons I love betting on FanDuel. It's the number one raid sportsbook app in America. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure. There are fast payouts, and when you win, you'll get paid in as little as two hours. With FanDuel in your corner, you'll always get exclusive odds boosts, great promotions, and so much more to make your FanDuel fight night even more exciting. That's why they're America's number one sportsbook. So sign up with the promo code BOXING to bet risk-free up to $1,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. That's promo code BOXING. All right, George Cambosis interview number nine thousand four hundred and sixty-two. From am I close this week? Uh, is that how many interviews have you done yeah. so far? Maybe a little bit more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more, <laughs> encompassing what at least three states, right? New York, Florida, yeah. and now we're here in Las
5: Vegas, right? And obviously, I've got to get all the way to Australia too, which is going to be pretty crazy. So, two countries as well. Um, it's part of the game. You know, I'm in a position where, you know, how can I say no? You know, this is something that. I've worked to watch for such a long time. you know how can I not enjoy this and, and be with the media and let the people see who, who I am?
2: You went from unheralded title Challenger on Friday to a guy on what Wednesday punching the Miami Heat mascot at a heat basketball
5: game. Like it's been quite the turnaround for you, George. Yeah it really has, you know especially when uh, Bernie, the Miami Heat mascot, tried to get in my face and uh, show that he was a champion with his WBC belt. You know, I had to give him the uh, the right hand. I landed on Lopez and, and put him <laughs> down and take his belt. But um, it's been crazy, man. But you know, it, it's all part of part of it. And you know, I stay focused. I don't lose who I am, with or without the belts, with or without the the stardom. Right now, mm. you know, I'll be in the gym tonight. Well, let me start by congratulating you on the win and preemptively, I guess not
2: preemptively anymore, apologizing for inheriting the is he or is he not. Undisputed Champion Mantle. Like you you now, all the questions Teofimo had to answer about being
5: undisputed, they are now- Passed on. Passed on to you, my friend. Yeah, look, and like I've been saying, I really don't care. Undisputed, unified, unified, undisputed, you know, no belts, you don't want to call whatever. I don't really care. I love to fight. I love to win. And, um, you know, I'm the number one guy. Mm. With or without the belts right now, I'm the number one guy. I showed that against Lopez. Did, Did it ever pass through your mind- not to pay the sanctioning
2: fee for the WBC belt? Just because, I mean, you're focused on winning and all you care about is beating Teofimo Lopez, but that belt is so convoluted in how many how many ways it's gone
5: around. I look at that belt as a, as a super belt. And, um, you know, if I was to not pay that sanctioning fee, you know, I mean, I wanted everything. <laughs> I knew that all, they were all on the line. You know, I wanted that WBC belt, mm. you know, regardless of what everyone thinks. You know, 50% of the world love it. 50% of the world don't love it. It's a WBC title. And at the end of the day, if there were no belts on the line, only a WBC franchise belt, it would still be a world championship fight. Mm -hmm. So that's a world title. If I got rid of everything and just kept that, Mm -hmm. that's a world title. Mm -hmm. So that means a lot to me as well. So, um, no, I never thought thought about that. And, uh, again, I wanted my coaches to get that WBC trainer belts Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. which which two of them will, will be getting.
2: So we are here in Las Vegas where Devin Haney will defend his version of the WBC title against Jojo Diaz. Before we get into that, uh, just this week in general, four days removed now from you winning the biggest fight of your life, becoming
5: unified, undisputed, whatever you want to call it, lightweight champion. What have these last few days been like for you? Look, it's, it's been very busy. Um, no celebration. haven't even had time to watch the fight. You know, social media is blowing up, but a lot of media work like you said, nine thousand something, <laughs> maybe even more, uh, crossing three different states. Mm. You know, but um, you know, it's it's part of the game, and it's something that you know I've I've envisioned for a long time. You know, the, the people asking me that, has it sunk in yet? It sunk in many years ago because I knew this was coming. I knew I'd be world champion. You know, you look at my from my early in my career, the way I was and my confidence, and you look at the Selby fight and this fight. I haven't changed. It's been the same. And I won't change. Nothing will, 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 will change. Everything remains the same. My team remains the same. you know. And that hunger gets even more now because I love that, that mark of now being hunted. I've always been the hunter, but now I'm hunted. I've got everyone coming at me, so I've got to be really focused on, on who is going to come my way.
2: You've posted on social media some of the people you've heard from. You got a tweet from Manny Pacquiao. I saw you on a FaceTime with Jake Paul. Who's the person you heard from that really stands out the most out of all the people that have reached out to you in the last couple of days
5: um look the the Manny pacquiao tweet mm. was 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 the most um you know w- when i saw it straight away you know i felt that uh more excited than the actual fight and winning the belts because he's a legend you know mm. he's a guy that I looked up to from a young kid you know i would i would be waking up sunday morning early to go watch his fights at the, at the pub in australia with me and my father and and the boxing friends you know, be excited, the De La Hoya fights, the Ricky Adam fights, the Cotto fights. You know, so then when I got the opportunity to be sparring him and and, and be with him, you know, was was amazing. And just to know that he's proud of, of me, you know, it's it's incredible. That that really uh, you know, hit that, that 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 point where you know he's in your corner now, he's with you.
2: And you were in multiple camps with Pacquiao, right? It wasn't just a one-off.
5: No, three world title campaigns mm-hmm. with him. I knew that them 12-round campaigns doing everything he was doing, the sparring together, the running together, the uh, the bag work, the pad work, we were doing exactly what he was doing. So I knew that that would be grateful when I got to my 12-round fights, mm. when I got to the big fights. And in that fight, you would have seen there was a lot of Pacquiao style in that fight, the bouncing, the movement, mm-hmm. the three, four, five-punch combinations, the, the angles, you know and then coming back. I learned a lot from him, and I'm taking that into these big fights.
2: You had a lot of skeptics coming into that fight with Teofimo, Uh, and being honest, I was probably one of them. Uh, I mean, And maybe it's a recency bias with me, because the week before, I had heard Jason Quigley say a lot of the same things you had said, like, I'm confident, I'm prepared, I'm ready for Demetrius Andrade, and he goes out and gets knocked out in two rounds. I mean, beyond the confidence, what made you believe that you had what it takes to do exactly what you did?
5: You know, the way I prepared for the fight, you know, the hard work that I put in, you know, the, the sacrifices I made to be away from my kids and family. Do you think those you were know? different, though? Like, I mean, fighters,
2: I give them a lot of credit. They A lot of them make sacrifice. I mean, we Devin and JoJo, for this fight coming up on Saturday, they made a lot of sacrifices. Like, do you feel like you went above and beyond? Yes. And because yes. It was, I guess it was delayed
5: so many times you had to I, keep doing it. Nev- never, I never took my foot off the brake, you know, I left no stand on turn. Like I said, you know, I had the, the, the birth of my third child and, and the passing of my grandfather mm-hmm. on the same day, and I still trained that night. Uh, it's, it's, that's the difference. That's the one percenters that get you from being a good fighter to a great fighter to, obviously, you know, a champion. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is is, is the difference in, in this fight. Mm-hmm. You said you haven't watched the fight back. Um, the, the first
2: round, like you, for the first minute and a half, Teofimo was throwing bombs at you. As he's doing that, and you're feeling that power for the first time, what's going through your mind?
5: I said, this is what the hype is about. This is the power. And he landed a couple clean shots. Mm-hmm. I said, this is it? Okay, I'm going to set you up now like we planned, like like I, I had in my head. You know what I mean? And uh, like the great Custamato said, you know, you land that first shot in the, in, in the early round, mm-hmm. that round one, you get the respect straight away. So I knew it was coming. Shot that we worked on for many, many months and that chin that head was in the same position the whole time and you can see it I stepped back twice and on the third step back it was like a half step back as he went heavy on the front foot on that jab the right hand Mm. was there fast he never saw it coming and that's the most dangerous part when you don't see the shot coming that's when you get put down you know so I saw his shots was slow motion there was no no real speed there Mm. there is okay speed but not you know dynamic speed and I'm used to dynamic mm. speed from what I throw, mm. but you know, been in there with Pacquiao, that's dynamic speed, mm. and with punching power, it's it's okay, but it ain't you know out of this world. Mm. You know, I don't think any lightweight in this world, you know, has has any serious hands that are gonna hurt me, because mm. I've been in there with with these big guys, I've been in there with these legends. I'm a, I'm accustomed and conditioned to that, so um, you know, it was it was good.
2: Mm. Well, when uh, when you do watch the fight back. Uh, the moment before you knocked him down. I think I said something like, oh, I don't think George Campos wants to do this. And then
5: pow, you Beautiful dropped him shot. with that yeah. shot over the top. So. Yeah, well, I have seen the, obviously, the knockdown. We'll add that and to I the have, list of yeah. dumbass
4: calls I've Yeah, yeah I, have, I have heard that one.
5: And there was another one, too, I think you were calling that um, is a pre-flight nerves when I was waiting to come out. Yeah. And obviously, no. <laughs> and I know no. the zone, and, and I hope Eddie hasn't fired whoever whoever was was telling me, you got to go, you got to go, because I'm going to get fired here. Mm-hmm. And I turned. I said, "No, I ain't going yet. Mm. The song has to play." Oh,
2: I, you know what? I didn't think it was nerve. Sergio might have said it was nervous. Someone I, I said, "Yeah, yeah."
5: I, I thought you were doing it tactically to yeah. kind of make him wait. Or I, I didn't know why you were doing it. I don't think it was. The you song, were definitely not nervous. The that- song had to go. The song had to had to play. The crowd had to hear, you know, King Leonidas say mm. them words. And then when I turned around, and obviously he says, "Persians, come and get it." Literally for me, saying, Lopez, come and get it." Mm. And then it kicks off to you know the the, the ring song mm. you know that that's part of the act mm. that there everyone was freezing thinking, wow this guy's coming for war and then when I stood on the at the end of the the ring there when I walked up and I looked at the crowd like a man possessed and they're booing me and my eyes are, are just glaring with excitement because I love that I thrive on that and I come to the corner my dad goes they booed you now they're gonna applaud you mm. and I knew that already in my head they're gonna applaud me and when I stood on top of them ropes at the end of the round 12 and I'm bleeding and I'm wiping the blood and obviously Eddie would have heard it. I'm saying the blood is, is for you guys. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's things of movies. but um, You yeah.
2: mentioned the, the custom auto line a couple of times. And, it, I mean, you land
5: that shot. And in what way does that shot change the fight? It dramatically changes the fight. And I knew it would because all of a sudden they never expected me to punch the way I punch. They didn't think the speed and the accuracy was, was that you know so that all of a sudden puts him in two minds that makes him hesitant straight away and even times when he was coming in i was showing him the right hand i was looking like i'm going to throw it pop the jab throw the hook mm-hmm. you know just my ring like is so under underestimated just go back to the selby fight and even the mickey bay fight you know for me to be able to, to outbox these guys that are veterans that uh especially selby is a pure boxer I pick him apart I knew that, that Lopez wouldn't be able to handle what I brought to the table mm-hmm. with my boxing IQ. And, you know, I hope I showed the world, not only the heart that I have and to give a fight of the year, but, um, you know, show my boxing skills and my ring IQ. So you t-
2: you talked about training during the passing of your grandfather. Is it true that your son was born the same
5: day? Same day. Same day my son was born. And so you uh, saw the highs and lows that yeah, day. Yeah, it was a tough day. But throughout it all, I trained that night because I was so embedded in the fight and you know, I didn't get to grieve my grandfather. I didn't get to enjoy the, the birth of, of my third child. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just so focused and zoned in, you know, like a man possessed. Mm-hmm. And now that I've done it, I'm even more possessed mm-hmm. because there's so much more to achieve. Mm-hmm.
2: How, I mean, how close were you with your grandfather?
5: Very close. So we, we share the same name, mm-hmm. you know, very close. And, um, you know, it's it, it's something not to be sad about anymore. Mm-hmm because I know that he's here, he's probably here in this room. <laughs> um, the presence that I felt before we, I walked out in the dressing room, the Greek flag that we had up next to the Australian flag, it fell when the cameras came on. And then I felt like a touching feeling on my shoulder. And I felt that presence and I looked at my dad and I go, he's here. Mm-hmm. I knew from that moment, there is no doubt in my mind that I'm winning this fight and he's protecting me. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy world. What would he have said if he had been alive to speak to you after this fight? I oh, just said, you done it, you know, mm-hmm. you, uh, you made the Cambosis nine period.
2: Mm-hmm. The, um, the 10th round where things started to change a little bit, where Teofimo lands that right hand, uh, what were you feeling when it landed and you see the clock, there's a minute 49 or so to go when you get up, what's your mindset as you're trying
5: to finish that round? you know I was angry at myself because I lost composure mm-hmm. for that for that split second and I was getting too excited with the crowd and the fans and I smelt the blood and I thought you know what this is I'm picking this guy apart I'm gonna to try finish him off now let me land that shot again and I could see his face mm. getting brutalized um I got pulled down but it's part of the story it showed you know my heart and what I'm about and I knew when I went down I got up I knew there's still plenty of time in the, in, in the uh in the round mm-hmm. minute 45 to be exact and I said okay Control yourself, get back to your jab, hold if you have to hold, and you're gonna show how great you are. Mm. And I finished that round strong, landed some really good shots. But what happens next is what defines my career and will be something that, you know, I hope young kids can look at when they look at boxing. I come to the corner, I'm smiling, I'm laughing. My coaches, I think, are you okay? Why are you laughing and smiling? I go, I made the mistake there. You watch now, I'm gonna punish him now for the next two rounds. And that's what I did. Round 11, I destroyed him. Blood. And round 12 closed closed out the show. But I have heard, I don't know how how accurate it is, but I I have heard from his team members that when he came for round 11 and sat in that corner, obviously after scoring the knockdown in round 10, he said, I can't put a dent in him. Mm. The guy's he's made of steel. That there just shows not only him, Mm. but shows the world. You know what I'm about. It's a line out of the Rocky movie. It, it is. It, right it, really, it was a Rocky movie, <laughs> the underdog story, the yeah. guy who, you know, really shouldn't be here. Mm. You know, the the the, uh, the big odds against him. You know, and then scores the knockdown, and then, you know, just just has everything inside him to to win the fight, mm. and the speed, the the, the the power that I brought into that fight, And you know, I shocked the world, and obviously then I get dropped. I think, okay, anyone in the world probably at that moment said, no, nah, he's gone. Mm. Any other lightweight at that stage in the world probably doesn't doesn't survive, mm. but I survived. Something inside me, and I Might have been my grandfather. Mm. I might have been that that hunger and that willpower, the condition that I prepared in this for this fight. You know, that's 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 a true warrior right there. Did it
2: surprise you in that tenth round? It surprised me that Teofimo didn't try to kind of swarm you a little bit. He seemed, and he's known for his knockouts come off one punch. You know, Comey and whatever. I thought with a minute and a half to go he'd try to get a referee to stop it. And maybe if he swarmed you fast enough, Harvey Dock might have stepped in and stopped it. Did, he, did that tactic or his is not taking that tactic surprise you?
5: Yeah, I think from the first round because he felt the power. Mm. And then obviously what happened to him in the first round, you know, he, he knew that how dangerous I am. And even at a moment where I'm facing big adversity, you know, I'm, I'm extremely dangerous because I was throwing punches. It wasn't like I was just covering up and seriously hurt. You know, the feet were a little bit wobbly, mm-hmm. but I was throwing punches, firing back a big risk for myself I could have got caught seriously and, and been pulled out but it shows I'd rather fight fire with fire at the hardest point where I'm fighting adversity mm-hmm. and that's that's a line you can use in, in anything you do when you're at your, your, your worst adversity you know, meet it head on mm-hmm. fight it you know fire with fire and that's what I did and I finished that round strong mm-hmm. and that mentally broke him as well mm-hmm. that there mentally spiritually physically everything that broke him right there and mm-hmm. I came out around 11 you know and done what I done
2: the bell rings and look, I scored at 114, 112 for you, yep. um, but we're in New York. And judging is not always not always the most reliable throughout boxing. I mean, does it occur to you at any point before they announce the scores that, man, I might not get this? No, not at all. I knew I'd
5: won the fight. To be honest, in my head... It doesn't always matter, though, if you yeah. were like, you know, with, nah, with judging. I knew they were going to take this away from okay. me. I just knew it. I had that inside me that I've given too much for this fight. This is my time. This is my destiny. And um, no, it was not going away from me. And we you know when they said, and then you, it was beautiful. And did you feel, because the referee, I don't know if he made
2: a mistake or not, but he raised TFM's hand first. Like, did you feel I didn't that? See at the it. I didn't see it until <laughs> I, I've looked at the. Uh, I think he just heard, my guess is he heard still undefeated. Yeah, because and didn't both, realize you were also he didn't undefeated. Realize
5: I'm both, I'm undefeated as well. So, um, you know, it is what this Makes part of the, uh, you know, the, the the moment and the fight. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we won the fight.
2: So you're tour is wrapping up here you're going you're in Las Vegas to watch Devin Haney fight you'll be in Los Angeles to watch Javante Davis fight Uh, New York after that are you going back to no I'm I'm going to head home I I need to be with my kids the lightweight division is in action you know and your prospective opponents will fight over the next couple of weeks what's your mindset as you go into 2022 as something of a shot caller in this division
5: you know the hunger and the fire burns way more than what it did before the belts Mm -hmm. because I got that target on my head so, like I said, I'll be in the gym tonight, putting in the work, and people think you can take a full week quiet. off, Matt. Like you I know can just, I you know, but you I, got, but I, I won't cut
2: stealing and all you I know. Do.
5: And, and I told, I said it today. If you someone pulls out, you know, <laughs> bring the checkbook out and I'll fight. I'll fight in this you week. Know, I'll put on the uh, the the fight gear that I have for the lopus fight with full of blood and and I'll fight. <laughs> I love to fight. Non-title fight, though. You know? Non-title fight. Yeah, put them on the line. No, it doesn't no, matter. No, 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 the sanction bodies are gonna love me. There's too much money on the line for. You know, it's, but it's, what matter,
2: what matters to you in this next fight? Is it collecting all those titles? Is it cashing the biggest check only possible?
5: Both of which you deserve after yeah. a, a fight like that. What matters to you the most? Everything's gonna come. Everything is coming no matter what. But um, legacy is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, the fans will see the legacy that I will have. And to continue my reign as as champion of the world, mm-hmm. you know, legacy is more important than than money. But I know the money's going to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. But the money, I'm not a materialistic kind of guy. It's not for it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. It's for my kids. I've got three kids, so mm-hmm. that's what it's for.
2: Is it Australia matter to you, fighting
5: yes. there? Yes, yes, 100%. Australia matters because I've had to take the hard road. I've had to do it the hard way. I want these guys because I'm in the driver's seat now to feel that to be away from the comfort zone to travel thousands of miles away. To a foreign land, to have all all odds against them, to have the crowd against them. And there will be eighty thousand of them, I'm telling you now. Of of Greeks and Australians, Australians, Greeks, and everyone else that rocks up to the fight. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be mental. Mm-hmm. So um it, it matters a lot to me. Last question for you. Um you'd said you're hungrier now.
2: During the build up for the Teofimo fight, you pointed at him and said, I'm hungrier than you. Yep. And you were the challenger going into that. How do you maintain that hunger? How do you stay as hungry as you were? Because that clearly
5: was impactful yep. in you winning this fight. I didn't get caught up in the bright lights. you know. I'm here, obviously, doing the media work. But that is business. This is business for me. I'm not on the strip, enjoying my time uh, and, and acting a fool. And that is very important. I go back home. I'll be, my fam- I'll be a family man. And I keep doing what I do best in the gym. That's where I feel at peace what i love to do to get better and i know that fight with lopez honestly there's so much more for me there is moments in that fight that i can remember and when i sit back and watch the fight properly that i'll be even better be more destructive more explosive faster stronger so that's that's the next step they saw something but i'm going to be another whole dimension just as like you saw me from the selby fight if you go after the selby fight which many did especially the bookmakers i don't stand a chance but I got better. Again, like Gastamara would say, you get better every day. Every day, without a doubt, you're getting better and better. And that's what I did. And that's what I will continue continue to do with with now being the champion, being the person I am now. I keep that focus and that tunnel vision no matter what. And uh, if for some reason I, I won't, I think my father over there will slap me over the head. So um, <laughs> I'll definitely keep that focus. <laughs> Dead over in the corner, nodding his head. Saying. George, congratulations, man. And, and take a, take some time off, man. Don't, don't get back in the ring anytime soon. Don't also, get back you, in the ring until Also, you're going to come running with me tonight on no, the treadmill. I'm, <laughs>
2: I'm trying to get to weight here, George. This is what I'm trying to do. Not, when I, just get me to cruiser weight and I'll be okay, happy, okay. man.
5: Good to see you, man. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.
2: That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Sergio Mora and George Cambosis for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And we'll see you next week.